Hello, everyone, and welcome to United Teachers of Lowell's Straight Talk podcast. This is Amy Bisson here with Mickey Dumont. We're the podcast twins, and we are the hosts of this weekly podcast produced by and for members of the United Teachers of Lowell. In our weekly podcast, you'll hear about local, state, and national issues that affect our members. You'll also hear about some of the accomplishments of our members, and we'll keep you up to date with the news and decisions that impact all of us. Does anyone here think those 10 weeks of summer break flew by at light speed? This week marked the beginning of the 2019-2020 school year with an orientation day for teachers and staff last Monday and the first day of school for grades 1 through 12 yesterday. Next Tuesday, the full complement of Lowell Public Schools will be in session as pre-kindergarten and kindergarten students begin their academic journey. To mark the occasion, we've invited United Teachers of Lowell President Paul Georges to chat about some of the things your union will be monitoring and addressing in the upcoming months. While beginning the new academic year can be a little stressful as everyone settles back into routines, we know that our union will have our back. We're all here working together for the benefit of our teachers, paraprofessionals, cafeteria workers, custodians, and security guards. We are union strong. Yes. Yes. Once again, it came around that those 10 weeks that we referred to in June seemed like a long time. Although this year, I think there actually was 10 weeks. As of last year, I think it was more in line with seven and a half or eight or something by the time all the snow days were made. It has been longer. yeah, I would say the month of May and June were uh, not uh, particularly spectacular. July certainly was hot, and yeah. August now is uh, sort up. of a mixed bag. Yeah. And we hope that it's not too hot when school starts next week. Yeah. Uh, and the prediction, I guess, just a short-term prediction, is it's going to be real hot for a couple of days this week. And toward the end, moderating, and hopefully people will be comfortable in their yeah. classrooms. I hope so. When students return next Tuesday, I guess all the students other than kindergarten uh, and preschool kids, I guess, are going to come in the following week. Here we are on the start of a new school year. Beginning of a school year that that, uh, notes a number of significant changes uh, with the hiring of the new superintendent, uh, uh, a new superintendent in, in, you know, essentially a a new structure, I think, the way way things are developing and uh, a commitment seems to be a strong commitment to public education certainly to our students I think that's carried out from the top to the to all the way through including our teachers and paraprofessionals it's always sort of exciting yes when you have sort of a new direction if you want uh, mm. uh, but a further commitment to our students Joel Boyd is uh, is the new superintendent has a lengthy uh, uh, contract awarded by the school committee um, has shown a commitment to the community, including buying a, a home in Lowell, mm-hmm. um, a transplant from Boston, but uh, before that, a number of different districts and a number of different capacities, including superintendent of schools in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And uh, we've had numerous meetings with him. Uh, you've done a bod- podcast with him. We had him on the radio uh, this just morning, now. just now, <laughs> as this morning. Um and uh, a number of us are more familiar with him and his resume simply because uh, the Blue Ribbon Committee that was made up of four UTL members uh, 
I got to know him fairly well, questioned him, and uh, he was awarded the, the superintendency in Lowell Public Schools. So he started his tenure, and now two months into it or so, uh, obviously prepares for a new uh, new school. I, I would a new school year. I would advise members if they want to hear the podcast. I think he goes a little bit more historically into his own upbringing and yep. so on and motivation to be involved in public education, starting with teaching and now as superintendent of schools. And I'm sure there'll be other opportunities to meet and greet as the school year goes, yes, as, we, the fall, as we come into the fall. Well, I think one thing that was helpful to us was we did ask the building representatives from the, both the, uh, the teacher uh, building reps and, and uh, power building reps to meet with uh, Dr. Boyd uh, after he had been announced. It had been announced they had not settled it, but he had not started officially, but he did join us for our last uh, building rep meeting uh, in in the fall, excuse me, in the uh, spring, uh, previous to the break of school just a few days before, and we had an opportunity to talk to him. Teachers and power reps had an opportunity to speak with him, frankly, and uh, I think that was helpful in breaking the ice so that those teachers, I think I had one more day left before school was over, yeah. uh, had an opportunity to talk to their colleagues and give their impressions mm -hmm. about the meeting with Dr. Boyd. Yep, so that made it a little smoother for some. You I know, think the it, yeah. unknown can be frightening. It can be, and there's always questions to be asked as time goes on. Uh, however, this is we've had several opportunities mm -hmm. to, discuss, to, you know, to talk with him about various things. Um, certainly his, I think... Uh, model he's using in Lowell perhaps is more geared toward larger school districts uh, with authority being uh, other people being uh, you know essentially chief I don't I don't know in a role uh, a role to satisfy a number I think he explained it well when he said there were a number of things that needed to be attended to uh, in the Lowell public school systems that sort of became add-ons to different people's responsibility. Mm -hmm. For instance, cultural diversity, trying to build a sure. staff that was culturally diverse and reflective of, of our students. Um, when you just kind of toss that onto someone else's plate, it's not the primary focus of what they're doing. Um, now you have a, a chief, you know, a, a, an executive officer or a chief officer, you know, for diversity. You have uh, a COO, a chief operating officer. Uh, there's been a number of those positions placed to make sure that a lot of those things, including the, the oversight of the high school and building a much better, how can I put it, uh, um, just say sharing information much more effectively about that, that project mm -hmm. as it's going and to monitor progress and ensure safety on the, on the, on the project uh, to, uh, to alleviate further anxiety uh, by, uh, you know, of parents who might be sending their students to low high school during an extended period of uh, rehab in some buildings and construction of others. So We're, those are things that, as the union, UTL will be monitoring just the same as they did last year. We'll be monitoring even a higher degree, I think, at the high school when the construction actually begins, which is quite a ways away. Yes. However, uh, we want to make sure that every parent feels comfortable sending their child to Lowell High School in particular, but we also are going to continue to be vehemently hawkish on the conditions within the other buildings in the system. Mm -hmm. The focus can't be on the high school all the time. There's certainly good reason to keep an eye on it. However, there are so many other schools, as exemplified by 
the reports that we received last year from our custodians, from our paras, and from our teachers in various schools of problems that have been in, in, in inherent problems that have been, I think, came to a, to, to a real head, not necessarily last winter, but the previous one, to the extent of cold spell that essentially knocked so many systems out, uh, particularly heating systems, as we had become dependent on very often utilization of only one boiler in each many of the buildings that required two boilers or uh, if not in order to supplement the original boilers, but to, in some cases, replace the original boiler. Yeah. Um, there have been some changes. I think uh, the pressure that we had put on through the Division of Labor Standards demanding that the city comply with certain regulations um, um, and the fact that we they, their involvement monitor monitors the progress. Uh, we know that the city under Eileen Donahue had requested uh, several grants for major improvements in many of our buildings. I believe they were awarded six of the eight, I think, that they had applied for. If I, if I remember right, two of them, I think, were they weren't granted because they had changed the regulations about the age of the boiler systems and so on. We know there's a lot of work that needs to be done. We're going to be hawkish about this. We need reports from our members. Don't be dissuaded by anybody. We have an absolute right to that information. This union will be hawkish on this. And you let us know what's going on in your schools when it comes to an environment that's not conducive to people's health or educational process. We want to make sure that you are supported in those by having schools that are effect, running effectively and don't interfere with your ability to best educate the students in front of you. So keep us informed on that. The You know how to do it. Contact the office. Send a copy. If you report something to anybody in central administration or you report it to the city, CC us so that we can see it and we can monitor it. We can share that with the Division of Labor Standards. Great. And the phone number at the office is? 978-937-9039. And you can also email at, I'll know that one, UTL <laughs> yep. at utlowell495.org. So if you would make sure you get that communication to the union as well as through your reporting structures that mm -hmm. you have in place in the buildings, that helps the union to keep on top of things as well. And if you want to send that communication directly to the union in confidence, I mean, it's going to be in confidence anyhow. However, do not utilize your in-school email. Good point, Paul. Utilize your own personal email. It remains simply with us. If it goes through the school email system, it has the school has access and the school system has access to that report because you're utilizing their system. So keep that in mind for any communication that you want. Sure. If you make a phone call to us, obviously that's just directly yeah, to us. It goes between two phone calls. Exactly. All right, perfect. Uh, what else might be coming up this year that members should be aware of? Well, uh, with, the, with the additional money, and thank God that, that enough people have pushed hard enough on the state legislature to uh, allow for a significant improvement in the financial. And I understand... People, I think, have to understand, and perhaps they get lulled and forget. For about 10 years now, we've been on the, the wrong end of funding for public schools, even though the governor, so many of them, have said, well, we've improved fun, you know, funding for Chapter 70 and all of that. And it is, uh, hasn't even kept up with inflation. We know that 2015, the uh, uh, Joint Review Committee uh, uh, 
uh, came up with a, a recommendation that at that point the state of Massachusetts was underfunding public education by a billion dollars. It, it looked at the foundation budget re- review. Um, and at that point, about a billion dollars, some people say it was much more than that. Uh, certainly in the last four years, it's increased, and some estimates are as high as $2 billion. The state has determined, as back as it, it did uh, back with Ed Reform, and the original Ed Reform, the bill of 19, uh, 1993, they would phase in additional monies to public schools across the state. The places that were impacted the most were places like Lowell, Mass, gateway cities, uh, cities that did not, that were sort of tax base poor, and consequently, uh, they were the ones hit hardest by the shortfall in the state's failure mm-hmm. to make sure that there were adequate funding for those communities. We have a breather at this point, at least with some additional money coming in, uh, a substantial amount of additional money, and a promise of additional money over the next what uh, eight, seven, eight years uh, period to get us up to where we should have been last year, if you want to put it that way. So it's, it's good news is it's, it's here and we've been able to do some things so that we don't have to keep giving things up in order to try to keep vital services going. It's a rebuilding process at this point. Superintendent Boyd has, I think, built a framework, including some central administrative positions that I think he received some There was some concern because we understand that in the field we can always utilize additional resources. We can always utilize additional positions. Unfortunately, in some cases, particularly at our middle and elementary schools, we don't simply have the facilities. We don't have the additional Mm -hmm. classrooms that would benefit by having additional teachers and paraprofessionals, although paraprofessionals would like to see more. and that, that will come. But at this point, I think we're not going to be in a position where we're chasing around for paper or chasing around for things that are absolutely essential for us to do our work. Um, and that's the good news. There is a promise that the funding will come uh, and will continue over the next uh, several years. That is good news. Um, as time goes on, I think there needs to be more focus on a capital plan to make sure that we have more classroom space, especially at the middle and elementary levels, uh, so we can bring class sizes down. We're going into the bargain, bargaining table this January uh, in accordance with our contract for a successor agreement. Now, the good news is we do have a contract for this year. It features a, uh, a 1% increase to took place uh, the last day of school, so you'll see that in your paycheck. There'll be another 2% halfway through this year. There'll also be uh, another 1% the last day of the contract, which wouldn't have any impact on you till next year. However, there is the graded uh, increases for the senior steps starting at year 26, mm-hmm. uh, which will increase, it will mean different people based on how many years they have will get another increase based upon how many years above the 26th year or the 30th year or the 35th year that they have. And that's for both teachers and paraprofessionals, so that will be some additional compensation. Um, And we go into this year again looking for bargaining. Hopefully we can expedite a process that can be fair and reasonable. Fair, reasonable, and reflective of the commitment that people have made made to, to continue to work in Lowell with a demanding but extremely rewarding population. Uh, negotiation year coming up. 
Uh, I know there are elections coming in uh, mid-year, I think, as well, UTL elections. Oh, UTL elections will be next April. Next April. Um, There are things to keep your eye on as far as the environment, the working environment in the school for Mm -hmm. students and uh, for teachers and paras and custodians and calf workers. We need to make sure our members stay in touch with us so they have the information when it happens. Well, and I think another important uh, uh, thing that will that is going to happen will be the local elections. Oh, absolutely. This November, uh, there will be a primary. Excuse me for city council. There will not be for the for the school committee. However, uh, there will be a general election in November. Those people will be placed. Uh, will become part of the new order, if you want, mm-hmm. starting in January. They will obviously the the new school committee will have a much more dominant factor in the collective bargaining process perhaps than the existing one. Um, We will send advisories. Obviously, uh, we know these people fairly well. There's some new people that are running. We're vetting them as best we can. We'll keep our our members informed. But the makeup of the school committee and city council has a direct relationship on the welfare and the health health of our school department. And we need to make sure that uh, there is not an attempt to, let's say, you know, it's very often under the, if you hear this sort of kumbaya type experience where uh, city officials and school department issues hold hands and it's another, you know, great moment in uh, civility. Uh, very often, we want to make sure that it doesn't come at the expense of the funding, dedicated funding for our schools in order to ensure quality education for every child. Paul, could I ask you a clarifying question about that funding that is going to be earmarked to each school. What kind of input should our members expect to have on how that money is spent at the school level? Well, there's approximately, I believe, $1.3 million debt that's been dedicated by the superintendent to the schools to have some discretion on further expenditures for resources uh, and, and, and in dealing with that school's I don't want to say problems, but, but concerns, needs, needs, needs yeah. that need to be addressed. And he has committed that, that $1.3 million that allows for some discretionary spending determined by the team at the school itself. Uh, he would like to make sure that teachers, uh, all personnel, have an opportunity to, to feed or, uh, or direct their concerns collaboratively with the rest of the school population in determining mm-hmm. how best. I think part of that is a process by which everybody in the school starts to think about if you had X amount of dollars, how would you spend it to best address our greatest needs? And part of it would be to be, think about what your greatest needs are, and that would vary from school to school. So Dr. Boyd has committed that additional money, which if you break down over, you know, 25, 26 schools is, you know, maybe uh, on the it may be the kind of thing where you you want a full-time person, you get a part-time person. Or it could be that you share a person. Or it could be that you get a person. Uh, but it, it takes some reflective thinking about what the identifying the need, number one, and then saying how best to address the need with the amount of money that you have at your discretion to try to solve that problem. It's a good exercise. But we want to make sure teachers have voice, teachers and paraprofessionals, our members have voice in that process. And so you can get back to us on it. But uh, Dr. Boyd is very clear that he wants to make sure that everybody has input on this because it is to be determined 
at the school level so about that's how a that that's a school-based decision mm -hmm. uh, hopefully in the future there'll be more discretionary money I think probably part of it will have to do with how well it works the first year will yeah. determine how much can be committed in the second and third but it's part of the assumption I mean part of the whole work that we did years ago and continues in some schools today on collaboration is the result of groups of teachers within uh, groups of employees within a school system uh, excuse me within the individual school in Lowell coming to a, a, a consensus on how be what best path to yeah. take going forward. Yeah, and who better to do that than the people within the school building right. Right. who are dealing with whatever it is that needs to be dealt with. That's well, it's an example. It's it's a it's a model that can be utilized in other decision making sure. down the road too. When mm -hmm. it comes to brainstorming, if we ever if we could get back to that sort of yeah. protocol that had been established years ago at so many of our schools, that has been so instrumental in turning around some of the schools that were struggling, um, it would be a, a good exercise to see. It also might be a good exercise to see who's willing to do it and who isn't. Yeah. Uh, to what degree. Do uh, administrators kind of, you know, encourage that, or do they see it as in some infringement on their rights or whatever, or uh, you know? But the collaborative model like, speaks for itself. Its success here speaks for itself. So I don't need to speak on it any no, further. No, some because of us actually went through it, and you know, it was very empowering and a wonderful thing to go through as a right. teacher. Right, right. And we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to exploring that again and see how it could impact our schools. Uh, Again, uh, with the new superintendent, uh, previous superintendent had made a commitment toward it and was put a, sort of put in on hold, yes. uh, considering the the uh, considering the, the way things uh, uh, worked out. Um, and at this point, we're reinitiating with Dr. Boyd. Seems to be interested in looking at that and other things. Dr. Boyd has also shown an interest. I think, as if anybody wants to listen to the radio broadcast that we had uh, today. We're talking about the Mass uh, Consortium on Innovative Educational Assessment when answering the question about um, uh, assessments. And, and uh, we, we spoke a little bit about yeah. what we believe are the, the shortfall of MCAS or so much of a focus simply on standardized testing in determining whether or not a system is doing its, its job yeah. and children are really benefiting from their education. Uh, I thought his, his answers were refreshing and more expansive, and he's committed to, to continue the work that's been done now for the last few years with uh, uh, the previous superintendent, Salah Kalafawi, and, and myself working at looking at alternative assessments, uh, and we'll continue to do that with Dr. Boyd, as long as we both agree to it, and it... Uh, it's opening it's a discussion about other things that are happening. Yeah, his, his answer, and again, I would, I would encourage people to listen to the radio broadcast that uh, should be available on CAP or the, the, the also the podcast that you had put together along yes. with, with uh, Mickey. Um, that MCAS is only one assessment, one part of an assessment, and, and uh, it, it needs to be expanded. So that, that's why we're looking at all replaced. Um, that's my quote, not him. <laughs> um, uh, because it's not, I think we both, many, many people have come to the conclusion that it's not adequate. It is not. You would not get an argument from me on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Paul, 
any last words to welcome back our staff? Or well, I'm looking forward tomorrow morning. We'll, we'll be addressing the uh, the new teachers yes. through the Teacher Academy. Pina Maggio has done a wonderful job as mm -hmm. usual. Uh, as a matter of fact, Dr. Boyd talked today on the radio, if you want to get refer back to that, about the closeness of, uh, you know, teachers helping teachers when they're new to the profession. Yes. He talked about his own personal experience with his mother when she became a teacher later in life. And as, as uh, I'd, I'd say that's one of the, the, the crown jewels, I think, is our uh, induction program that supports teachers. Uh, people from MTA uh, who I've spoken to have done a study on retention of teachers in gateway cities. We have a remarkably good uh, history and track record, according to them, I'll get I'll get this the report the study. Um, and I think I, by, by it's not just coincidence. I believe it's the incentives that we have in our contract to keep people here. I think it's the nurturing and the sort of component, uh, the camaraderie and the sort of uh, the reflection that we have with our mentor teachers who are jointly, you know, are chosen by both the union and administration uh, to act as mentors, uh, the caring they show for new people, the fact that they can make a phone call here if they feel uncomfortable to get any answer they want, the introduction, the induction that we have uh, tomorrow where our building reps will be meeting with the new teachers during a luncheon yeah. that we give. We invited Dr. Boyd, if he's, if he's available, to come over and enjoy lunch with us. Uh, I think it's a... It's a, it's a it was not there when I became a teacher in Lowell, but I was lucky enough to go to Lowell High School and have some very caring teachers who looked out for my well-being. Mm -hmm. I think if we all think back of when we were rookies, the first yeah, day absolutely. in, first year, the self-doubt that we had. I don't know how the kids survived it, let alone me. <laughs> well, but the point is, that's that's that's. I'm so proud of that that yeah. particular program and how much it, it's been helpful in us retaining and knowing we care about about our members and the struggles and remembering the struggles that they had uh, had to deal with when they first came into the profession. We'll go further with that. I, so I, so uh, we look forward to that. Again, um, weather is moderate for us so that we can, uh, uh, so the people are comfortable within their classrooms. Uh, again, let us know if you're not. Keep, keep in mind, in and keep, in, keep in mind that we are only a phone call away we want to hear your concerns. We want to, uh, and we want to support you and your work this year. Uh, and we may ask, call on you to help us uh, get the work that we need to get done too in advocacy for you. Whether you're a teacher, or a paraprofessional, or a calf worker, custodian, security guard, or whatever, uh, within it within our unit, and also protecting the interests, of, uh, acting in the best interests of our students, because that's really what our job is. So I just want to wish you all a, a great beginning of year. Uh, there's some things to look forward to, some things that are sort of make the sky a little bit brighter. Be sure there will be some sometimes when we need to come together. I just ask we don't ask to come together that often, but if we do ask you, it's because it's serious. Uh, and just want you to have a great, great optimistic, be optimistic going in and hopefully have a great year. Great, Paul. Thank you for talking with us. You're welcome. Thanks so much to Paul for joining us today. As Paul tells us in this episode, the United Teachers of Lowell needs you to stay informed and in touch. Reach out in confidence to the United Teachers of Lowell when you have a question or a concern. Participate as fully as possible. Attend our 10-minute meetings in your buildings, come out for general membership meetings, and social events. 
Catch up on the latest from UTL by listening to our radio broadcast every Monday, Tuesday, or via the web. Keep your email subscription to Action Network emails up to date so that you receive Five for Friday and other important notifications. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We hope that if you enjoy what you hear, you will subscribe to our podcast using Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast aggregator. As always, we welcome your general comments and feedback. If you have suggestions for future podcast topics, or if you're aware of a UTL member who might be willing to share their experiences or expertise, send us an email at utlstraighttalk at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Amy Bisson and Mickey Dumont wishing you a great week and a great entry into the school year.